opening up the mailbag, a playoff mailbag, to see if this is a trap series for the Boston Celtics. Plus, did the Celtics get the right guard from the San Antonio Spurs? And we'll check on the Celtics' future. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast drop directly to your device if you're a subscriber. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you're new, whatever podcast app you use, it's there. If you haven't watched the show on YouTube, hop on over there. You can get into that comment section, join the conversation. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I played ball once upon a time a long time ago. And I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Celtics were off on Wednesday, so figured this would be a great time to open up the mailbag and get to your questions. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. The championship team is about each player bringing a perfect fit, being a perfect fit, I should say. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head on over to eBay Motors. Look for that green check. Stay in the game with eBay. Guaranteed fit ebaymotors.com let's ride eligible items only exclusions apply so i figured with the celtics having that off day this would be not there's nothing new we know the matchup now there's really not a ton to break down when it comes to the atlanta hawks Uh, i broke down some of the numbers yesterday in the first segment but you look no further than some of these stats uh, of, of these guys playing each other the Celtics offensive rating against the, the Hawks up eight, eight points. The Hawks offensive rating against the Celtics down three and a half points. Net rating, Boston is plus 13.6, which means Atlanta is minus 13.6. The Celtics get five. Their, their assist percentage is up 5% against Atlanta, while Atlanta's drops 3%. Effective field goal percentage, Boston shoots 8% better against the Hawks. The Hawks shoot almost 4% worse against Boston. Atlanta's got a good offense. It's not that good against Boston. Boston's got a good offense. It's much better against the Atlanta Hawks. This should be quick work. I mean, we we can get down to the nitty-gritty, and I will do a crossover podcast with Brad Rowland of Lockdown Hawks, and that'll be tomorrow's podcast. So make sure you check that out. We'll get the Atlanta Hawks side of things. Do they? What do they expect? Can they? Can they get past the Celtics? Can they make the Celtics work hard? Uh, I, I I just don't think that it's going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just the Hawks. They they just don't have it. So let's get to the mailbag where Jonas, who Jonas, shout out to you, man. You you hit that mailbag with like. Four hot takes and two questions. So I'm going to pick this question. I appreciate all your hot takes. Uh, let me see if I can answer a couple of them. No, Peyton Pritchard's not going to play. Sam Hauser won't even get the opportunity to be played off the floor. Uh, what else was there? A couple of other ones. 
But this one, uh, you mentioned outlier performances. Last night I watched a hungry Hawks team whip the heat, even with Butler butlering. They pulled it out. Is this one of those moments where the others just had outlier performances that we can't expect to see night in and night out? Or did they unlock something? I'm going more the outlier route. I think Miami just looked bad. I I don't know if Miami was thinking like they're going to cruise past the the, uh, Atlanta Hawks. I don't know if Miami was just tired or they just aren't. Maybe they just are not as capable of that next gear that I thought they were. I knew that their offense was terrible. I knew obviously they're the seventh. They were the seventh seed for a reason and they're going to play the Chicago Bulls. So they'll probably get that eighth seed and face Milwaukee, which people are asking questions about, Hey, can they beat up Milwaukee? I mean, maybe, but nothing about that game against Atlanta made me think, Oh yeah, this is a team that's capable of doing all the things that I was afraid of. What I was afraid of was Miami kind of, you know, Butler butlering and at a bio going crazy and all that. But just none of that happened. So what the Hawks were able to put together was an outlier, outlier offensive rebounding night. And that is what got them past the Miami Heat. The Celtics, we know that at their worst, they will allow offensive rebounds, but they also finished the season as the league's best defensive rebounding team in terms of percentage. They they rebound about 77% of the available uh, offense, uh, defensive rebounds, which means that there is about 20, uh, what did I say? 77. So there's about 23% of the rebounds that the other team's going to get. Every team is going to grab offensive rebounds, right? There's no, no one gets a hundred percent of the defensive rebounds. So can the Hawks do some of what they did against Miami? Sure. They'll crash the boards, but here's the thing about the Hawks. They'll crash the boards and they'll make up for some of their misses by getting second chance points. But the Hawks give up the second or third most points in the paint in the league. They're in that top five, wherever they are. And they don't turn the ball over much. They protect the ball pretty well. So that means teams are running off of misses. They're running off of opportunities here. When the, when the Hawks crash the boards, and this is why Doc Rivers doesn't focus on offensive rebound rebounding he sends everybody back it's because when you crash the boards you now give the other team an opportunity when they rebound to get out and transition odd man breaks and score so when you're giving up a ton of points in the paint look you give you got Clint Capella there in the half court and he he is a rim protector you don't turn the ball over much but when they're running off of misses that gives the other team the opportunity to run off of defensive rebounds so that said uh, I just I think that even though some of what the Hawks did against Miami is translatable, I think the Celtics are able to get those rebounds, clear those rebounds. And I think with the added effort of a playoff series, a week off, and motivation, because hey, it's playoff time, I think I think the Celtics should be just fine. So no, I don't think the Hawks unlocked anything. This brings me to Greg's question. The Celtics have fallen into trap games all season long. Is there such a thing as a trap series? Why or why not? I don't believe in a trap series necessarily. Now, we've seen upsets. So we've seen teams in shorter series, 
five game series, three game series, get upset because in those series, all it takes is one game to take a team lightly, another team, another game, especially a three game series, another game where the, the team gets hot and boom, you've lost in a five game series where you got to win three times. It's a little bit tougher, but again, you take a team lightly right out of the gates. You lose one. Maybe that team gets confident and wins, gets that first two. Now you're in trouble and you got to whip off three wins in a row and, and that will be tough. So that makes it more likely to see an upset in a seven game series. I don't think there's a trap series anymore. Even if Boston comes out slow on Saturday afternoon and the Hawks go up, I don't know, 20 to eight, let's say. Even in that scenario, I think the Celtics, first of all, can come back in that game. And second of all, even if they don't, I think there's enough of a wake-up call in the in the series to say, okay, hey, you blew it. You gave up home court. Now you got to go get it back, and they'll go get it back. If, if a team is so nonchalant that they're going to lose four times to a team they should beat, I know we saw it in the regular season, but game planning, all this time off, no travel in between games um, as far as like your two home games. So you know you've got that same team coming up ahead of you and you know the exact layout of everything. You, you make your adjustments and all that. It just, I don't see a trap series coming. So I'm not worried about any of that. Even if the Celtics blow it in the first game, I'm still not worried about that. I still see the Celtics winning in five in that series. I, I'm picking Celtics in five anyway. All right, up next, we'll get to some of the more specific player questions, including a couple on Derek White. Uh, it, was he the right spur to go get? I'll answer that question next. First, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit you can make sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Again, tomorrow is going to be the crossover episode with Locked On Hawks. So make sure you're subscribed to get that episode dropped as soon as it publishes. Watch the show on YouTube. It's going to be interesting to get the Atlanta side of the story here, what they think going into the first round of the playoffs. Get back to the mailback. Kristoff asks, first, I was upset that we traded for Derek White instead of DeJounte Murray. After the season White had, I may have changed my mind. Do you think we traded for the right Spurs guard? Yes. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. I do it every time exactly the way they did it. Uh, DeJounte Murray's really good, but he's a score first guy. He needs the ball. He wants to score. And that's not what the Celtics needed. For what this Celtics team needed, they needed a, a ball mover. They needed a guy that could 
basically do everything that we saw Derek White do this season. Catch it, make a quick decision. That .5 basketball, you had half a second. Catch it, am I going to shoot? Am I going to dribble? Am I going to pass? And he does that. And, and he does it almost every time. He's quick with his decisions. He's in the right spots. He knows what he's supposed to be doing. That's exactly the type of player the Celtics need. He's kind of moldable. Do you need him to score more? No problem. Do you need him to defend more? No problem. Do you need him to pass more? Easy. You know, Murray can do a lot of things. Murray's a great player and better at some of the things that Atlanta needs. And if the Celtics didn't have uh, Tatum and Brown and other guys who could score, then I wouldn't, I would have said, Hey, maybe, maybe you needed more of a scoring punch, a primary second option, first option, whatever. But considering the makeup of the Celtics, Derek white, man, Derek white is just perfect for this team. Uh, I, I just, I love the way he plays. I, I, every team needs a Derek white and it's, it's unbelievable that I, and I, I know that when the Celtics traded for him, I think a lot of people were like, Oh, okay. And, and they gave up like a first and then a future, a second pick way down the road. And people were like, why, why are you giving up so much for Derek white now, now considering the season that he just had, I think you get it. Uh, and his three point shot has really come around. That was one of the knocks. I, I, couldn't I can't gush enough about Derek White. He will be a difference maker in this playoff run. Never mind just this series. If the Celtics are going to win a championship, there are two elements that the Celtics have this year that they just didn't have last year. And that's this Derek White, who is confident and can shoot and can defend and knows what he's supposed to be doing, as opposed to the Derek White of last season, who frankly was kind of lost. Didn't know what he was what what he was supposed to be doing. Uh, came over with the trade, had the baby. Just everything was just a, a big kind of uh, just whirlwind. Now settled, the baby's here. Everything's good. Feels good about where he is. Fits in nicely. He he just having having a lot of fun out there. It's great. And then William says, I feel like Derek White and Brogdon are going to be deciding factors in Boston winning the 18th banner with JT and JB being the head of this monster. Do you think I'm right in my evaluation? Yes. Uh, White in the in this full year has really stepped up in every role that he's been asked to take. Do you think the Celtics re-sign him? Yes. So let's get to the first part. I, I think White and Brogdon are those two elements that I'm talking about. Brogdon was, is the other one. Brogdon as a ball handler where, hey, not only is is White there to take the pressure off of Tatum and Brown, now you can play Tatum or Brown, give one of them a rest. You don't have to play both of them at the same time, all the time. You can throw Brogdon out there with one of those guys, Derek White uh, or Robert Williams. You know, you've, combinations you can use takes a lot of the ball handling pressure off of these guys. Those two are... Absolute difference makers in this playoff run for sure. I think the Celtics need these two guys, need these two guys to be at their best. If White and Brogdon play their best basketball in the playoffs, this is absolutely Banner 18. I'm I'm telling you that there's no way the Celtics are going to lose four times to a single team if White and Brogdon 
are playing at their best on top of Tatum and Brown. It's just, it's impossible. It's impossible for that to, to, to transpire. You, you just don't have enough. You know, no team has enough to guard all of those guys. If somebody's going to beat the Celtics, one of those guys, two of those guys are going to need to suck, frankly. Obviously, I'm very high on the Celtics right now, and I think they're going to win the championship. So, uh, But I think White and Brogdon, yes, complete deciding factors. And will the Celtics re-sign Derek White? Yeah, I believe so. Because I think as the Celtics, first of all, they're going to be spending a ton of money anyway. And they're going to be in that super tax category that we've been talking about. If you missed it last week, I had Keith Smith on and we talked about the collective bargaining agreement. That first one, especially last Monday, where the team and things that the Celtics are going to lose, you got to go listen to that show again because that will really explain a lot of what I'm talking about right now. The Celtics are going to lose so many different things that help round out a roster around very expensive superstars that you can't let Derek White go. You can't let Brogdon go. This has to be the team. They're going to carry this team forward. Unless this summer they decide to make like one monster trade with one of their role players and somehow bring back other pieces that will kind of spread out the talent more long-term which I don't even see. I can't, I, I can't fathom it, but I'm going to say that there's a possibility there. I think this team is going to be the team moving forward for the next three, four years. I think these guys, it just Al Horford will age out at some point. Brogdon might age out towards the end, but these guys, Derek White, he has to stick around. They have to pay him. And they just have to accept whatever it is. It, the, the price tag is going to be huge, but they're not going to have mid-level exceptions. They're not gonna, their, their trade ability is going to be limited. It's just going to be tough. So I think he has to stick around for a while. All right. Up next, we're going to get into some other questions, uh, some more random questions, especially J.D. Davis and people want to know about the future of the Celtics and should how should the scoring title be handed out that's a big topic around Boston this year. We'll talk about that next. First, today's show brought to you by FanDuel. Baseball is back. The Red Sox are out there. They're trying. They're trying. Uh, you got grand slams out there, no hitters, double plays. Everything's back here. No better place to get into the MLB action like FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You, as a new listener... A new, a new subscriber here on uh, FanDuel, new customer, you get the no sweat first bet. I'll get there. I'll figure out the word I'm trying to use. You get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 at FanDuel.com slash locked on. I know a lot of you in Massachusetts are just starting to download these apps because it just recently got legalized. FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. You place your first bet. You get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if that first bet doesn't hit. Don't miss out on this chance to get that no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. You got to do it at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball, of the NBA, and the Lockdown Podcast Network. 
just ask you, if you're going to gamble, just please gamble responsibly. Wrapping up the mailbag, going to Farad, who says, do you think the NBA should go away from averages for scoring title and other awards and go for total points scored? This is a tough one, and I know this is a big topic in Boston because everybody is talking about Tatum being the league's leading scorer. Nobody has had, nobody scored more points than Jason Tatum in the 2022-23 regular season. So he's the scoring champ, right? Well, I'll just ask you this, and it's not just for Farad. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. But for everybody who's arguing this, if Tatum averaged 30 points a game and that was the leading average, but someone else played a couple more games and outscored him by five. Would you be arguing for total points or would you be arguing for average? And I think that's where a lot of the answers lie. I get it. And you know what? They don't hand out like trophies or anything like that. I don't know what a leading score gets. What do you get? I don't know. You can say, hey, this was the leading scorer and Jason Tatum was the leader in total points and make a distinction. Honestly, doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. Do do you get, what do you get? Do you get money? Do you get, we all know Jason Tatum led the league in total points. So that's it. That's all you need. I, I don't know what else can, can, can you guys name the leading scorers of the past five seasons? Do you remember who they are? Does anybody care who they were? No, no, no one really does. Um, no one's, do you care? There's no conversation about total assists going on right now in Boston because no one on the Celtics is close to leading in total assists. So make make two distinctions. Make two. If you want to hand out trophies, make two trophies. Say one, leader scoring average. The other one, leader total points. And call them both leaders. Because it's true. Joel Embiid led the league in points per game. So he's a scoring champion. And... Jason Tatum led the league in total points. That's also true. He is also a scoring champion. So I can't, I can't get myself worked up to, <laughs> I can't get myself all into a lather. Like, am I, am I doing radio wrong? Am I supposed to be worked up about this kind of stuff? You can say the same thing about, about both guys and, and, and it can be accurate. So Tatum is Tatum. Did Tatum get the scoring title? Yeah, in total points he did. That's it. It it it's look. It's hard to it's hard to distinguish because two guys can play sixty games, and in game sixty one, someone can sprain an ankle, miss a back to back, and then come back, and it's you know, it's two. You missed two games. 
So that's why they go by average. That's why they go averages in the NBA. You know, it's, it's just a little bit different. Each sport is a little bit different. It's not football, football, 16 games. You know, you miss a game. You got a whole week to recover from a sprained ankle. You miss a game. You know, you're kind of screwed. Everybody misses a game here or there. You miss three games in the, in the NFL. It's a major cert, a major injury. You know, hockey, I don't know how they do it in hockey, to be honest with you. I see Pasternak got like 60 total goals. There's, there's total goals. There's total points. There's, I don't know. And they always hand out these weird trophies. The Lord, you know, Farquad trophy for like most, I don't know, hockey, mo- most secondary. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. I'm not I'm not getting worked up about it. So hand out two trophies if you want. Lindsay and Michael both ask about JD Davison. Lindsay says, Hey, this might be a better summer question, but I know there's a bit of a lull in the playoffs. Yeah, sure. Do you have any updates on our draft flyers? How is JD Davison shaping up? And Michael B, how would you rate JD Davison on one skill? Ability to throw lobs. That's elite. That's an elite skill, the ability to throw lobs. Uh, and you know what? That is an elite skill. That's tough. A lob pass is tough because you don't just, I think most people think you throw a lob to the front of the rim. You throw a lob, depending on the angle, you throw a lob to a spot a couple of feet from the rim because you want the guy to go catch it. And then as he's going towards the rim to dunk it, watch those alley-oops. Most people think you put it up right in front of the rim, the guy go catches it and dunk it right away. No. The best place if you're at an angle is that bottom right corner. Like if you're looking from, you know, the left wing or the right wing, so you're coming down the left side and Rob's coming down the other side, you want to put it kind of, if you're looking at that bottom right corner, you kind of want to put it there in your, in your, your kind of line of sight because – that's where he's going to jump, catch, and then finish. And it gives him an opportunity to, if somebody's kind of uh, defending him a certain way, to adjust, maybe lay it in, kind of gives him some, some opportunity to, to finish. So knowing where exactly to put that lob is difficult. You're doing it on the move. You're floating it somewhere. It has to be precise. It's not just a little chest pass. It's not a little bounce pass. Getting passes through the defense is always tough, but that particular pass, that's difficult. As we've seen historically, guys don't know how to throw lobs. It's even NBA players don't know how to throw lobs. Even guys who can catch lobs don't know how to throw the lobs. So shouts to J.D. Davidson for being really good at that. I don't know what J.D. Davison is going to turn out to be. And and I think when you look at the draft flyers, you're thinking about Yuhan Begaron, who I, I don't know. He, he's, he wants to come over, and I, I haven't heard anything spectacular about him, but he is a, a work in progress, and we'll see what he looks like probably in another summer league. They'll, they'll have an opportunity. They'll need somebody to maybe come over and challenge for a spot. So who knows? We'll see. Uh, but I haven't heard anything like, oh, he's going to come over and be in the rotation. No, I don't think so. And uh, who else? 
Yamadar. <laughs> I had to look that up. I forgot about Yamadar. Uh, haven't heard much about Yamadar either. Uh, I don't. I don't know that he's. There was a lot of like hype about him at first, and the Celtics didn't see anything that that made them think he was ready to contribute. And I think they're right, but he'll give it a shot too. And JD Davison, I don't know. He's he's if he can get that jumper to fall, then he could be somebody. Uh, and and look, Davison, Madar, Begaron, those guys can be potential trade chips. You got to send something out in trades of value. And maybe now's the time to start moving some of those guys who aren't going to be pieces in the future and just saying, hey, package these guys now while you can still make trades before the new collective bargaining agreement really kicks in and those new restrictions are there down the road. Start moving those guys now. If there's any value to them, start moving those guys now. Davison's a two-way guy, so I don't know if they're going to upgrade him and then trade him or what, but I don't know that he's going to be impactful for the Celtics. I just, I just don't think that I think he's too long-term a project. So I think all of these guys are probably more valuable as trade chips, but we'll see. I mean, Davison showed some, he, he, he showed that he can make passes in Maine. He's shown the ability to get assists. And if he can get that jumper down, then Hey, maybe the Celtics, uh, have a a fourth string point guard sitting there after Peyton Pritchard is gone, uh, because you know he's he's going to be gone at some point. So maybe that's maybe that's his future. All right, the Celtics get back to practice on Thursday, so I will be at the practice, and then after practice, I will record a crossover show with Brad Rowland of Lockdown Hawks. That's going to be tomorrow's show, so stick around for that. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast and watch the show on YouTube. Hop into that comment section. And if you're a regular listener, I would love it if you share the podcast, spread the word, tell people they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.